Have you ever wondered where the problems in the world today would exist if we had deeper connection to ourselves, others, and the environment and acted from that place? Welcome to the Conscious Action Podcast with your host, Brian Burneman, who believe that connection is the key to taking conscious action as individuals and creating a better world. We are here to raise awareness and inspire meaningful action by sharing stories, knowledge, and conversations with thought leaders and change makers. From sustainability to well-being and everything related to conscious living, our mission is to empower you to be the change that you want to see in the world. So welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Conscious Action Podcast. I am Brian Burneman, your host, and I have the pleasure to be joined all the way from the United States of America at this moment by Tom Blue Wolf. Thank you so much, Tom, for being here, for sharing this time and this space with us. I really appreciate it. And I would love it, Tom, uh, as we were talking uh, earlier, if you can share with everyone that is watching and listening to us a little bit about you and where you are and what it is that brought you to this place. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm uh, from the Muscogee Nation. Muscogee, you know, it's a controversial thing when you start interpreting native language, but uh, I've always been told Muscogee means the people who care for the forest. So we're forest keepers, earth keepers. And uh, the specific tribe is called the Anikusa, which means the peaceful people. So we've always thought of ourselves as the peaceful people that care for the forest. You know, we try to hang on to an, a way of life that used to be, you know, we were shepherds, we were stewards, we were caregivers, we were beneficial, you know, to the environment, you know. Things have changed drastically of late, but once upon a time, that was the, that was the protocol. And uh, so I still live in that place. Uh, here in North Georgia is called the Blue Ridge Mountains. <clears throat> and the area that I live in is called the Cahutta Wilderness Area. And this is where my ancestors have lived in this in this mountain range, you know, all the way up into the Smokies uh, for thousands and thousands of years, you know. And so I traveled around a lot in my younger days, but I've been here now about 40 years in, in this in these mountains and um feel right at home so and the language you know i was mentioning to you earlier you know the muskogee language was the legacy when we had to go out to oklahoma in 1830s for the event that's come to be known as the trail of tears <clears throat> we left the legacy you know the treasure that we said we were so sad and heartfelt to leave behind a lot of people thought it was gold you know they're still digging up ground around here looking for the gold that they think we left but for us the treasure wasn't money the treasure was the songs and the knowledge of the plants and the water and the life that lived here we were so intrinsically dynamically connected to that that was our treasure our living treasure and so that was what made it so sad, you know, that we left. And so I came back here, you know, after some traveling around, discovering things and wanted to see how the folks was doing it, you know. 
And uh, so now I'm back in my homeland where the language is of my people. And, um, you know, the uh, the people say, where, where do you live? And around the campfire, I could say, you know, uh, the Kahada, the Kanasaga, the Kusawatiye, the Nunyagunyawaske, the Nantehela. And then they say, ooh. <laughs> Because I say, I live where the sun looks good, shining through the trees all day, where the rocks talk to me, where the peaceful people gather, you know, a little piece of heaven where the earth touches the sky. And they say, well, can I find that on a map? I go, no, I don't think so. You got to go inside your heart. And there it is, you know. <laughs> Once upon a time, you know, when we were shepherds and stewards and caregivers, that was the protocol. You know, you actually just took care of things. Respect and dignity were forefront, you know, everywhere you went. It's like having a skeleton key that opens any door when you're respectful and you want to bring dignity to the situation and then love and forgiveness and mercy and all those wonderful characteristics follow. Mm -hmm. But, um, <clears throat> you know, the truth is the truth. You know, we, we have problems with that today, you know, people come up with these alternate realities, you know. Mm. So I said, our people have us have a story. They said, you know, truth used to sit on a throne. It was the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So I hope you got, you know, it was the truth. Mm. But then the truth started getting disrespected, you know, and it got filled with despair and despondency because people were in denial of the truth. Yeah. So truth just got so sad and upset, it just left town. So it moved deep into the woods now, and it lives by a waterfall. And if you want to find the truth, you have to go deep into the forest and sit by a waterfall, and the truth is right there. So it's been there now for quite a while. Now it's got a long, long beard, you know, the clothes are tattered. <laughs> it's been sitting on this tree stump. I don't even remember how long. <clears throat> but then one day it looked up, and here comes Beauty walking down the path, you know. Mm. He had forgot all about the excitement and the magic of just Beauty walking along. And he just lost himself. He ran up to Beauty, and Beauty didn't want to have anything to do with him. He forgot that he was like this old guy down with the beard down to his knees, you know. <laughs> so, But he was persistent. You know, truth can be persistent. Mm. So eventually, beauty saw into his heart and saw that he was the truth. She fell in love with him. So beauty and truth got married. And so now we no longer have to look for the truth. We just look for beauty. And then I could say to someone, aren't your children beautiful? And they say, boy, ain't that the truth? It's <laughs> <laughs> um, these days. Mm, that's kind of where I'm at. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and I have a, a, what I like to think of as primitive skill setting. So people come here, you know, we do ceremonies, we do rituals, we do rites of passage. We inform people on where the medicine is, you know, and where the food is and the significance of the various mycelium and the trees and the plants and the whole thing. I want people to understand and get to know the place, you know how this all works once it does as you know then you can agree most likely 
that one of the most difficult, horrible things ever perpetrated upon humanity is the idea that we're separate. We are so intrinsically, dynamically connected, it boggles the heart. You know, how connected we all are riding on this rock together, you know, owing our entire existence to six inches of topsoil and the fact that it rains. We're all in this ride together, you know. And so I, I'm thinking, uh, talking to NASA says the Earth is rotating 1,200 miles an hour, going 68,000 miles an hour trying to keep up with the dwarf star, and no one knows where we're going. My people say that's enough motivation and inspiration to pick the low-hanging fruit, to sing, to dance, to love on each other and enjoy the ride, make a safe place for the babies and protect the water. Babies are the future and water is life. And so we are we are dynamically connected now to our ancestors, realizing that you and I, Brian, are going to be the ancestors of the future. So the legacy that we leave here is critical. I mean, now more than ever in my life have I seen the earth so confused about some things, especially the humans. We're continuously reminded that if any other life form were to leave the earth, we would all suffer. But if humans left, the world would flourish. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, oh, man, mm. you know what I mean? We need it straight. We need to start behaving ourselves and going back to being beneficial life sources for the rest of the planet. Mm. You know, we used to think that humans were like her immune system because we mm. determined whether she had a good day or not, you know. So we wanted her to have a good day. So we were shepherds and stewards. Yeah. Something happened along the way and people started attacking each other, just like cells in the body. When that happens, now we say Mother Earth is in the fourth stage of an autoimmune deficiency, and she's got fever and seizures and chills, and she's what do you call it? Dehydrated, you know. She's got all the symptoms, and uh, the only thing we know to do right now to augment the situation is to fall in love right now. And take care of the place, take care of the babies, protect the water, love on each other, you know, do all that we can. And what I would say, if I was going to say one thing, I'd say it's better to be kind than it is to be right. Mm. <laughs> kind, you're right all the time. Mm. You know, right changes with the cultures and the seasons, you know, but kindness is always a beautiful step in the right direction. So that's uh, a little bit about my background. You know, I'm, I'm steeped in ceremonies and rituals. I make herbal medicine, you know, and I, I'm fortunate that our medicine is being carried by Whole Foods, you know, and then we're on Amazon. And uh, since Jeff Bezos bought Whole Foods and um, lots of stores, and I do a lot of work in Europe, you know, and in Africa and South America as well with various tr tribes and nations and some people are starting to call themselves families now because the word tribe brings up different connotations for some people. So yeah. now we say we're just one big family, one big happy family. Mm. <laughs> you, family know, of you know, Tom, uh, I thought there's something, I mean, that you said there that 
I have found in, in my own life uh, that has been so true that sense that you know we are not separate. We are not separate from each other. We are not separate from our mother earth. Um, I, I grew up in in a city. <laughs> like I didn't grow up with that sense of connection. I, I was completely disconnected even from my own body. And it wasn't until I was able to fortunately explore a lot of different traditions that I was able to reconnect with myself and through that get that sense of interconnectedness with everything and how I can be, as you said, beneficial to this Mother Earth, to this rotating blue dot or rock that is just spinning around in the universe mm -hmm. at these high spins. Yeah. And one of the things that I that I realized with that, it is, as you're saying, we are living in, in times where, you know, there's so much chaos, there's so much going on, and there's so much illusion of what life is supposed to be, that we ourselves are doing ourselves harm, <laughs> that we don't know that we're doing that by our actions, by our intentions, by by not understanding a lot of times the important wisdom of the wisdom keepers of most of the um native people from around the world a lot of the the people that have carried as you said those songs that shared through those songs the wisdom of how to live in balance in alignment in a way that regenerates in a way that that is conducive both for us and for all the beings in, in this space. So I, I would love to know a, a little bit, Tom, uh, when, when you, when you work through, uh, earth keepers, when you go through around the world, sharing your message, what are some of the things that you, you believe that are really beneficial for people to hear because most people haven't heard this truth as you said they haven't heard and they haven't seen this beauty well uh, one of the i mean there's so many ways to do these things you know I've, I've met so many people who you know want beautiful things to happen but what i do i think is what i do is try to develop agreement you know, if we get some kind of agreement, so I usually start in a place I've never been before. Let's say I was in Zimbabwe, you know, in a small village. Maybe this village has been there 10,000 years, you know, so I don't have to talk too much about that because these people are living it. <clears throat> but in order to develop agreement, we say, you know, what's the most important thing? Everybody says water. Everybody pretty much agrees. No water, no life. We need water and we need good drinking water. Okay, that's a good thing. What else do we need? Well, do you want to keep this dream of life on earth alive? And everybody goes, yeah, well, then we need some children, you know, and so then and we want these children to understand what it means to be beneficial to the planet, how to, you know, make a contribution. You know, just don't take, you know, give. And so the give and take becomes a balance, you know, do unto others and all those things. So I've got agreement. So sometimes I tell a story. I said, you know, once upon a time, Brian, you and I were angels floating around in heaven, having the best old time. Then I think you looked over there and you said, look at that little old blue dot. 
And I go, yeah, I see it. And you said, well, I, my people telling me they're having a lot of trouble right now. How'd you like to go down there and walk on the earth for a little while and see if we can't help them out? And I go, nah, this is great. I like what we're doing. You know, we get Andromeda. We got the Milky Way. We can go anywhere. No, you said, no, look here, Tom. A little while on earth is only a few minutes of our time. Even if it's 90 years there, it's only a few minutes here. Because, you know, we're going 100,000 miles an hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> And you, and so and they need us, you know. You can work with the trees, you can work with the water, you can you can meet all these animals. I mean, it's like a beautiful place. You got to understand. And I go, okay, okay, I believe you, I believe you. So we get here, and we, but we didn't anticipate the atmosphere. So as soon as we hit the atmosphere, we develop what our people call angelic jet lag. We woke up in the belly of a mother, and we go, wait a minute. Where's all those flowers? Where's all those rivers? Where's all those things? It's dark and it's warm. And all you hear is this heartbeat. Can you remember? And the people in the village go, I think I do. I said, what did you do when you heard that heartbeat for nine months? Boom, 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 boom. And then you hear the blood flowing through the veins. Boom, boom. You start dancing. So you're dancing in the womb and you can hear the people outside go, the baby's kicking. <laughs> and the baby says, how could I not, not dance to the sound of that rhythm? And then one day you think, oh, my Lord, I don't know how long it's been, but I feel the need to leave this place. It's becoming, you know, deep in me. And and I'm already 20 inches long. I already weigh eight and a half pounds. And if that keyhole of light is the only exit, I'm doomed. I should have got an exit strategy. And then all of a sudden we hear this voice. The voice says, I'm going to tell you something now and you can use it and you can use it in your next life. And you look around and go, next life? I thought this was it. And the creator goes, now nah, you ain't seen nothing yet. And so you go, well, what is it? And the voice says, keep the faith, move towards the light and always expect a miracle. So you did. You started moving towards that keyhole of light. And who would have ever guessed the mother start shape-shifting in ways that was unimaginable? The next thing you know, you're human. Everybody agrees. That's how we got here. We all came through a mother. We all need water. And we all want to keep the dream alive. Let's avoid ideologies. Let's avoid all these delusions that your coyotes telling you. Because we actually believe the coyote lives in your head. And it's a magnificent storyteller. It tells you stories just the way you want to hear them. It uses words you're familiar with. You know what I mean? It's just you just love the storyteller. Only thing about it is the coyote doesn't care if the story's true or not. It just wants to tell a good story, one that you'll like. Meantime, there's an ego living in your heart. Maybe it's not as good as a storyteller because sometimes the truth is hard to hear. But. It's always the truth. So the eagle, the truth in your heart is talking to the storyteller in your head. And so you're trying to come up with a with a script, you know what I mean, that works for balance and works for gravity and works for integrity. And so then what we feel is is the necessary elements in order for that to be successful is to adopt these characteristics that are made for humans. Love, forgiveness, respect, dignity, mercy, you know, nurturing, all these wonderful qualities that we're capable of. 
So now I've got the agreement of the village. They all feel, yeah, I, I came from, I, you know, I can't, who knows where we came from? We think we came from born in the belly of our grandmother. You know what I mean? And so here we are. But everybody pretty much agrees on this story. And so once you do that, then you say, well, what can we do in order to perpetuate balance? You tell me, how can we keep the water drinkable? How can we make a safe place for babies? How can we do these things in such a way as that we create peace on earth? All the, I mean, a bear is a bear. You're never going to meet a bear that tries to tell you it's a coyote. You know what I mean? They're 110% bear. And so we need to be 110% human. You know, don't try to be a rat. Don't try to be a weasel. Don't try to be a you know, chicken. You know what I mean? All these things that have made their way into the English language as descriptions of certain people, skunks and whatnot. You know, they, the DNA is, is, is in the English language is, is a difficult thing. I, I suggest to people, too, and get agreement, some words you should just not say. There are some words that would be better left unsaid. And um, and those words are very pronounced when you start speaking in a native language because they don't have any words for those things. And so, you know, be careful what you say. And so these are the kinds of, it, you know, th this is the kind of thing I talk about in these places in order to get agreement. Because nobody has, they said, yeah, but what about this? And I go, no, wait a minute, that's an ideology. You don't know that. You know what I mean? You're just something you thought about. That's coyote stuff. You know, have you been there? You mean, do you see that's another thing in native language? You can only talk about things you've experienced. There's no conceptual language. You can't, you got you to get out of your head. You know, if you really want to know about someplace, go there. You know, then you know for sure you have experienced it. In our language, you and I can't talk about a table that we both haven't sat at. You know what I mean? We would have both have to sit at the table. Now we can talk about it. I You can't tell me about a table and try to get me to understand. You know what I mean? That's it's irrelevant. It doesn't make any sense. And so I don't necessarily think we have to go there, but we need to develop a language that's that's indicative of the direction we want to move in. If you want a different outcome, you have to have a conversation that promotes that outcome. So I say, let's raise the level of our personal poetry so everything we say is a reflection of what we hold dear in our hearts about what it means to be human. And uh, with the overlay of how precious this little parentheses in eternity is that we had a chance to come together. What are the odds? You know what I mean? Millions of people are gone. You know, there's Billions of people here on the earth, and here we are talking to each other. What are the odds? You know, <laughs> and so I think it's magic. I think it's a miracle, and I'm in love with the whole process. And uh, it's not difficult to have people say, "Yeah, I want some of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to feel that. a community of people who all feel like they have their needs met, and they love each other." Children are happy, the birds are happy, trees are happy, the mycelium is happy, the sun is shining, stars are shining. Right now, you know, cause we were talking earlier, right now, I think the earth is the stubbed toe of the Milky Way. You know, when you stub your toe, your whole body gets involved. I'm thinking the whole universe is involved right now because we look like an accident waiting to happen.
And so they're wanting to save us. You know, they're sending us all this light and they're sending us all these wonderful qualities as we go 68,000 miles an hour through space trying to keep up. And so we just don't hear it. My grandfather was so told me, he said, you know, in the beginning, the great spirit told us, love the creation and love each other. Two things. That's all you got to do. And you can stay there forever. Love this creation and love each other. But my grandfather said, colonial mindsets can mess up a two-car parade. Yeah. And so that's, that's, and so we see the outcome when people stray from the qualities that are possible and they get greedy and they get hateful and they get angry and they get mean, you know, and then, then that becomes like a disease, a virus, you know, and then all of a sudden people become parasitic. You know, a virus, definition of a virus, you know, consuming the host in order to replicate it at the expense of both. You know, and so that kind of like describes humans right now. You know, we're using 40 percent more resources right now than we can replace. And that's that's a crisis. And we got so many 124 lives forms of plants or animals leaving the earth every 24 hours. It's a mass exodus, and I don't want to focus on it because I really want to talk about what we can do as part of the remedy and part of the curing, part of the healing. Yeah. But, but sometimes it's difficult unless you know what you're up against. You know, so I'm not trying to spread doom. I'm just saying these. This is what we're having to deal with. I mean, but I think we can do it. It just takes, you know, it took all of us to get in this mess. It's going to take all of us to get out of it. <laughs> but you know, that's what we need. So the what you're sharing, it's it's one of the things that a lot of times I I aim to do. That is the not focusing on the things that are quote unquote wrong or or on the things that it's that like doom and gloom stuff. It's about as you're saying. What am I doing? What can I do? What can we do to actually be, as you said before, beneficial and have that beneficial relationship? Because we are in a, in a relationship uh, all of the time, <laughs> and, and when we are able to to see that, uh, you know, I I believe uh, that you just use the word medicine. I believe that we are medicine, as you said. We come here and we bring medicine we are the medicine mm. for each other we are the medicine for this earth and there's medicine on this earth most of us as you're saying with the coyote with the trickster with the illusion that we we are so sometimes enamored with that or that catches so much of our attention we don't even know the benefits of what is outside like the benefits of the plants that are just in my garden I know that I started to learn and I'm still super ignorant of the maturity of the benefits of what is growing here in my garden. And before that, I had zero idea. And when when I understand that relationship that is taking place, that interconnectedness and how we can all be the medicine and we can do that, we can be love and we can love each other and we can love it a lot of times it's so simple and this is why i i started to fall in love with with more of the ancient wisdom teachings because it's simple 
I might complicate it to, like to get there, but it is simple. It might not be again. It might not be easy. It is simple. And one of the things that really resonated with me as as I started growing and and going on this path for for myself was something that I would love to to explore with you a little bit more. That is the place of having ceremonies, rituals, and ceremonies, and how can that be? as well with those agreements that you mentioned before a ground to to create the what we want in a sense well it's uh, how i feel that that is uh, changes pretty much on a daily basis but basically i understand that humans can only see one percent of the electromagnetic spectrum of light the optical range and so if we accept the fact that it, everything is made of energy frequency and vibrations then we want to see what is the frequency of the thing we think we're looking at realizing that i couldn't even see you except for the fact that 500,000 units of radiation are entering your body so that you can be visible in the third dimension you know what I mean? Otherwise, I could see your spirit. It's in the seventh, eighth, ninth dimension. I could see your, your, uh, the time and the space associated with us in the fourth dimension and the tonal quality of your voice in the fifth dimension. So all these dimensions come together. And you know, our hearing is like within these certain hertz cycles. You know, we can only hear down and all. We can only see you know this much so okay so we accept the fact that our vision is somewhat limited our audio portion is somewhat limited uh since we know we're missing 99 percent <laughs> of the show nobody is going to be audacious enough to think they have anything figured out because if you only saw one percent of the elephant there's no way you could describe what you're looking at that's why it's so important to not think you know these things, but to feel them. And so then love becomes the only reality. Everything else is an illusion. You want to know what you really look like? According to Einstein, multiply your body weight times the speed of light squared. You're going to be about 1.5 quintillion units of energy. That's 19 zeros. You know what I mean? And so you're going to look more like a comet if I could see you in the full dimensions that you are. But we've slowed down so much in this realm of life, you know, life on Earth. Everything is moving at such a slow pace that it looks solid. It looks real, but it's an illusion. And so that is very convoluted for a lot of people. And I say, no, don't worry about it. We're not going to be astrophysicists. You know that we're human but to know those things and to realize those things gives you a certain element of spiritual beautiful humility so you don't go off wanting to control everybody because that's not important what is important to keep the dream alive this is a dream a dream within a dream you want to keep the dream alive what do you have to do all you got to do is love it i mean it's as simple as what you just said close your or rumi that's why i love rumi 
He said, close your eyes, fall in love, stay there. <laughs> don't let anything distract you. Don't let anything derail you. And every decision you make from now on will be made from a place of love. So you'll be all right. And so then you say, well, what does it mean to love somebody? The fellow asked me the other day. He says, well, what if you don't know the right thing to do? All right. I said, well, then just make sure you do the next thing right. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you know, really, if you're doing something right or not, you know, inside of us, we kind of know. But it's, you know, everybody wants to listen to the coyote, you know, a lot of people. And so uh, the eagle, like I said, the eagle is hard to listen to. The truth sometimes is just not what we want to hear. You know, we have, the, but it should be what we do here. And so that's the direction we're moving in. We're moving. You you get entertained and amused by the coyote, but you follow the heart. The mind amuses us. You know, it's like a computer. It don't run your life. You just use it like a tool, you know. And so, but don't let it make the decisions that are important. You know, logic, sometimes the beautiful things that happen to us have nothing to do with logic or reason. <laughs> it's, it's like magic. I mean, falling in love. I mean, it's, that's not logical. You know what I mean? What are you doing? Think? So a lot of life is based on emotions, you know, based on our qualities that we have chosen to exhibit. And so that's why I'm thinking, you know, shepherding, stewarding and caregiving, those three qualities, no matter what you do. If you do it as a shepherd, as a steward, as a caregiver, everybody benefits. You make a total contribution. And um, that's usually what I when I go to places to get agreement on those things. And it's not that difficult. They may forget when they walk away and get, get back in general population. But you've planted seeds. See, And so that's. We, the native people that I've met over the years, sometimes we think of ourselves as hidden seeds, you know, planted, just waiting to sprout again and come back up, you know, just because we are, we're not gone. You know, sometimes we just feel hidden until the time comes to sprout. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we go through life planting seeds, you know, sometimes we get to stay here long enough, we get to see something grow. <laughs> That's what's so beautiful about a garden, you know. Yeah. You don't uh, show people what to find. You just show them where to look. Mm. Mm. And Tom, as you're sharing this, um, with with the work that, that you're doing, sharing this um, with the Earthkeepers, can, can you share a little bit what are the different ways uh, that you do this like you said you travel you create agreements um if people are are interested in in learning more on on the things that that you do whether that is like you know with uh with medicine whether that is with ceremonies um what what is it that you know like if if they are interested if they come and find you what what can they find <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm not clear on what, what it is you want. Just oh, could so you say it again? Yeah, if if people are are interested in in learning about medicine, because most of us we we don't know the medicine. What? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. What is the the way that that you share that? Oh, okay. Well, 
so far, it's been kind of being there on the scene and word of mouth. You know, I go to a place like like uh, Bad Sulza and Turingia, and maybe people come from Spain, they come from France, they come from Poland, they, they come from Italy. Because, I, you know, I go to a place, Europe, I mean, it, it sounds like a big place, but you can almost be anywhere in a couple hours by train. You know what I mean? They're speaking a different language hour and a half away so it's not that big so i mean i meet a lot of international people i mean the waiters and waitresses speak like six languages in all the restaurants and so um when i go there so let's say i started going to europe you know like 30 years ago and so it just kind of developed you know one place then another place and and for a while i i called the museums of natural history and I said, I would really like to come to Dresden and Munich and speak to the people who are interested in the Museum of Natural History. I thought that was a natural audience, you know, that would want to hear about ceremonies and rituals and such. And it, it was true. It was. They were very interested. So one thing, then they started introducing me to people who had these big international spas where people came and they did yoga and they did dream therapy and they did various things. And then they wanted to do ceremonies there too, and then have these what the Zulu people call an indaba, meaningful conversations about things that really matter. We call them medicine councils, energy circles is another name. And so we started forming those because everybody agreed, yeah, if we need a uh, sweeter future, we're going to have to have a sweeter conversation. You know, what I mean, if we want our children to feel these things then we have to talk about it and we have to introduce these ideas and introduce these ways and then then put feet on the prayers. You know, my old grandmother said, uh, Frank Sinatra said it best when he said, do, be, do, be, do. <laughs> you got to do it, you got to be it, you got to do it, you got to be it, you know, over and over and over until everybody gets it you know and so and and, uh, and when it becomes part of your heart it just becomes a way of life you're just a kind person you're a gentleman you know you have respect you have dignity those are not difficult uh, that's not difficult to do it's not like with rocket science you know what i mean all you gotta do is go in your heart and think wait a minute i think i want to treat those people the way i want to be treated i want respect what if you want to if you want it, then you have to give it, you know, so it's like this exchange that takes place. And so in some ways, the ceremonies are kind of like um, a rehearsal for what it means to be human. But a dress rehearsal. So we all get together and have a, a ceremony and the ceremony enacts the way we're supposed to behave all the time. You know, say, okay, during ceremony, we're only going to talk sweet to each other. During ceremony, we're going to make a safe place for children. Okay, but after the ceremony is over, you can go back to messing up if you want to. But wait a minute. You might think, I want to do it like that all the time. Well, then you take it with you. Take the ceremony with you. Ceremony becomes a way of life. You know, all of a sudden, you're, you're waking up in the morning wanting to watch the sun come up. That's the ceremony, sunrise ceremony. Sometimes you say, okay, what, do I, what am I thankful for today? Water. <laughs> so the first thing you do is, oh, thank you for the water. You know, so you do a little water ceremony, you know. And so then all of a sudden you find all these things that 
you, that could exercise your attitude when you say, I have the attitude of gratitude, you know what I mean? And that's how I want to express myself. So drinking a cup of tea becomes a ceremony. Your body is getting some love, you know, you're giving yourself some some beautiful things, you know. So then you only want to look at things that make your heart happy. You don't want to look at things that don't, you know what I mean? You only want to hear things that are beautiful. You don't want to hear, you know, car crashes and buildings falling and people screaming. You want to hear babies laughing, you know. Well, you get to make that choice. You don't have to do these things. You can make these other choices. And so this is how. So nowadays, you know, since I've got that website, uh, earthkeepers.net, people come onto the website and it talks, you know, a little bit about a lot of the things we do. It's got ways to contact us. Uh, my phone number, my email is all on there, you know. And, um, and so, and I'm part of an organization out of San Francisco called the United Religious Initiative, URI. And they have about 800 circles around the globe of the tribal indigenous people. And so we have the Southeastern Council of Interfaith Indigenous Elders. And uh, that's another way that a lot of folks have contacted me through through the URI. And um, it's just, it just kind of builds, you know what I mean? It's like once you, once you start in that energy field and you're in that frequency, it's like, how did me and you meet? You know what I mean? It's just like it happens and you, it always feels right. You know what I mean? You think, God, this is amazing. So life is, it's, so it's harmonics, harmonic convergences. I think once you reach a certain frequency, let's say the frequency is 432. And that's like the, also the frequency of nature. And it's also the key of A originally. And it's also the frequency of the human heart. I think if you function at that frequency, Everybody that's singing in that key, <laughs> you know, everybody that's in that frequency, you're going to run into them sooner or later because it's a harmonic convergence. You know, I mean, it's just like angry people hang out together, you know, happy people hang out together. And so those of us who want a better place, those of us who want children to be happy, want the dream to continue, want uh, my two things is happy children and clean water. Those two things are extremely important. And then the topsoil, you know, <laughs> we got to take care of the top. We got to stop burning down the Amazon. Jesus. I mean, we got to stop. We got to stop all this stuff. And it's crazy killing the elephants for their tusk. I mean, there's so many mistakes being made right now in the name of greed, and all these ideologies and people get delusional about how am I going to eat? How are you going to make any money doing that? But, but, you know, all these crazy phrases that don't matter and shouldn't even be in the language. We shouldn't even be saying stuff like that. You know, we should be saying, you know, how can I help you? You know, what can I do for you? What if the greeting was, I am you being me? You know, we are one people. How can I possibly be happy if you're upset? What can I do to make your day better? Mm. If everybody did that, I mean, how hard is that? But that it would be a different world. And I wouldn't think, you know, because you're living there or because you're living there, because you're white, yellow, red, green, you know, some other color. My dog just had puppies. Every color in the rainbow came out of her. You know what I mean? She had a yellow dog. She had a black dog. She had a red dog. <laughs> all, all puppies I came out of the same mama. And I, I keep getting these messages, you know, from the creators that we're all, you know, if you're two-legged, you're human, you're in my family. You know, we're family. 
mm-hmm. and, and we got to stop attacking each other. Most people agree to that until they leave the circle and then they fall prey to the general population, to peer pressures, you know, and people, and they just forget. So our people are calling this particular time in history the great remembering. You know, we're coming out of the great forgetting. You know, for a long time, we just forgot. You know, we went through this industrial age and we went through all these crazy things, you know. But now it's like a renaissance of remembering. We remember, we're starting to remember the things that are important before we totally lose them. You know, we're starting to remember how important it is to love somebody, how important it is to be loved by somebody. You know, I I told this fellow the other day, I don't know where I've seen it, but he was talking about being afraid, you know, fear, how, how, how much fear he had. So we we saw this thing. We said, well, you know, you're a ghost driving a flesh-coated skeleton made out of stardust, riding on a rock, being hurtled through infinite space at unprecedented speeds. What in the world do you have to be afraid of? You know what I mean? <laughs> If you look at the magic of our own existence, we're fearless. We're 1.5 quintillion units of radiation. (laughs) You know what I mean? Assuming this physical role in the planet Earth just for a little while before we become ancestors. And then we go back where we came from before you made me come here. You remember? (laughs) It's all your fault. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, Let's I'll go there it. just for a little while, Tom. We'll, we'll, we'll have a good time. We'll make it a better place. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully we can make it a better place. And hopefully through, you know, yeah. as you say, more and more people that start to, to remember, that start to... Um, right connect and reconnect and to to do as you're saying what's the next right thing to do and to do that and to 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 be able to to exhibit the the qualities that we want to see as you're saying to to not expect someone to be kind to us if we are not kind to them and to be able to to do the right thing for what's coming next because uh, as as you're saying like we are the future ancestors so what are we doing with that? And I thank you, Tom, so much for, for spending the time here here with us, here with me on this beautiful great. conversation uh, and for sharing the work that, that you keep on doing. So I do encourage everyone that is watching and listening to, to check out more of Tom's work through earthkeepers.net um, and see if there's a way that you'd like to to get involved, to learn, to connect, uh, and and see where that takes us. Yes, beautiful. Good. Thank you, Tom, so much for for being here once more, and thank you everyone for listening to us. Until next time, bye. What did you like the most bye about this episode? Take a moment to think about what change you can make in your life today. Share your conscious action on social media using hashtag conscious action and tagging at conscious action and said so we can celebrate your impact on the world and create a ripple effect. One easy action we would love for you to take right now is to share, like and subscribe to this podcast. This will help us get these messages out into the world and inspire more people to take conscious action in their own lives, contributing to the better world we hope for.